This guy invented the computer. Yawn. This guy cracked the Nazi code and won the war for the Allies. Yawn. This guy's gay. Oh, really? He's gay? Tell me more. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So AI can now pass the Turing test, which is crazy. Alan Turing was a gay mathematician who helped crack the codes of the Nazis or something during World War II. They made a movie about him. And I don't think they didn't make the movie because he's this amazing mathematician who cracked the Nazi codes. They made a movie about him because he's gay. Anyways, you know Hollywood. But he kind of invented the idea of computers before we could build them. He's like, here's how, you know, here's here's what a computer would do and how it would work if only we could build it. And then, you know, years later, I think after he's dead, they did build computers, obviously. And so he came up with something called the Turing test, you know, to tell, you know, I don't know, what's the difference between a computer and a human kind of thing. And I don't know exactly what the test is, but it was something like, if you can talk to it for five minutes and you can't tell whether or not it's a computer or a person, then that computer has passed the Turing test. And so there's this chat bot that's uh, a chat bot. Basically, it's just a computer talking to you, trying to chat with you called chat gpt that i guess they just released it or it's in the news or something um and i'll i'll, st- I'll steal a segment from slate money or steal steal some audio from them of what this thing can do but basically it you know i don't know if it talk it doesn't quite talk like a person but what it does is it it spits out stuff that looks exactly like a well-written high school essay and the example, you, you know, one of the examples you hear here in a bit is, um, should I leave my boyfriend if I really like his dog and his dog really likes me? And basically, if you gave that question to a smart high school girl to write an essay on it, chatbot writes an essay just as good as she does. And so I don't know exactly what the story on using this chat GPT is. I, I tried to do it yesterday and, uh, you know, there's a website for it. It's run by uh, OpenAI. This company's called OpenAI. And it asked me to like log in with my account, which I don't have. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't think normal people can just go use it. I don't think high school students can go have it write their essay for them. But basically that is coming and I don't know. It's kind of like if you if you have a So let's just think about the high school essay situation. So as of today, there is a computer program that will write a high school essay. So, does that mean you've got to stop all the high school students from getting their hands on this machine and they have to write their own essays? Or, I mean, here, this is the future. The future of essays is you get AI to write your essay and then you read the essay, you modify the essay so it says exactly what you want it to say, and then you turn it in. Or, I mean, you, you know, you can just say, give me another random, you know, give me another random attempt at an essay. So, you say, okay, write 10 essays. Maybe you have to read 10. You know, maybe this will teach the kids more. You read 10 essays that are written for you, and then you turn in the one that's the best. I don't know. I'm just thinking to myself, you know, what if, what if I'm this high school teacher? Um, I think that means, you know, normally you'd have like an, I think, I, I can't remember back then, but I, I think you'd have like maybe one essay would be due at the end of the quarter. So now with this tool, right, every day, every day an essay is due. You know, it'll be it'll be relatively it'll probably be e- it'll be relatively easy to turn in an essay every single day, and then 
I guess you'll have to come up with an AI for the teacher to read the essays. I mean, it's going to be crazy. Like, you just, you put a fake picture of yourself on Tinder, and then you set up a chat bot, and then the chat bot is just chatting up all these girls, and then, you know, it's like fishing, you know, whichever, whichever, whichever one the hook sinks into the fish's lips, you pull that one in. I mean, it's going to be crazy. It's like Cyrano de Bergerac on hyperspeed. And I guess chatbot, it can, uh, or chat GPT, I'm just going to call it chatbot. Um, it can use like idioms, like, you know, it, it knows when to put in various phrases that, you know, you think only humans use. Dog's breakfast, for some reason, comes to my mind. A dog's breakfast is something that's not that good. I think that's more popular over in Britain. Americans don't say that that much. And the way it works is it's, it's machine learning that reads the internet, basically, and then it talks like the internet. It's like, hey, they're like, hey, machine learning device, chatbot, talk like the internet. And then it's like, okay, it's like, here, you know, read the internet and then talk like the internet. And so that's how, that's how they get it to do it. I mean, obviously there's a bunch of neural net and mathematics behind it. But I heard someone say that it's like 90% accurate. You know, it, it sounds like a human, and even for long stretches, paragraph after paragraph is just as good as a human, but you know, it's still not as good as a real human, obviously. It doesn't really know things like, I don't know, I'd love to try it, but I imagine like if you say, hey chatbot, why should I buy Apple stock? It'll give you a whole essay on why you should buy Apple stock. And if you say, hey chatbot, why shouldn't I buy Apple stock? And it'll give you a whole essay on why you shouldn't buy Apple stock. So it doesn't really know. It doesn't have a, you know, it's not alive yet. It's not the, it's not the robot future yet that's going to take over the world because it doesn't actually have an opinion on whether or not you should buy Apple stock. It's just you put in the prompt and then it gives you the essay. And so I tried to look up the company that owns this, OpenAI, yesterday, and it's not clear to me who owns it. It's not a publicly held company, so it's not like you know, Vanguard and BlackRock, which is who owns like everything, you know, 401ks. 401ks are usually the majority owners of any company. But apparently this was started, I'm not sure, 10, 20 years ago. And it was called OpenAI because they were going to be like a not-for-profit, a non-profit? What do you call that? A non-profit company? But uh, they changed their minds on that and became for-profit. And Elon Musk, there he is getting his finger in the pie, he was one of the people who started it. I don't know. It's like about five different founders. He's one of them. I was trying to figure out if he still owns any of it. I don't know if he owns any of it or has any control over it now. But anyways, he he helped start it. And it was a response to... There was a company called DeepMind. And they were another machine learning company. And they got famous. They taught, they taught a computer... They made a computer that could learn to play video games. I think like old... You know, old, simple Atari video games, which, you know, it's easy, if you're making the video game itself, it's easy to control stuff in the video game and do whatnot. But I think they're like, here's the video game controller, basically. Hey, computer, here's the controller, and here's the screen. Now figure out how to play it. And so DeepMind did that, and that was like the most amazing thing that AI had ever done at that time. And I guess about 15 years ago. Anyways, and then Google bought them folded them into Google, and whatever it is that they're doing, Google never never says. It's kind of on the hush-hush. But because of that incident, 
that's how these other people, other bunch of rich tech guys created OpenAI. And I guess the idea was, well, Google took all the good stuff and made it secret. We're going to give it all out to the world and we're going to call it Open Open AI. And then they're like, nah, never mind. Let's make this shit secret too. So I don't know. It's going to be pretty crazy. You know, like I say, so high school students can push a button and write an essay. Uh, you can, you know, you can say all the right words to a girl by pushing a button. I mean, you know, I, I can't even imagine all the things that this could possibly do. You know, is it coming to take all our jobs away from us? I don't know. I mean, you know, think of like a newspaper. Do you need reporters anymore? You just, you have one editor, one editor who just chooses, chooses each essay or whatever, you know, cor- cor- makes the corrections. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So someone I was listening to was talking about, and they were saying that it gets stuff 90% right. Oh yeah, one example was like, what is the famest marine man? What is the, f- someone asked it, what is the fastest marine mammal? And it said something like, although it is not a marine mammal, the peregrine falcon is the fastest living animal. And it goes 200 miles an hour in a dive. A very fast fish is the swordfish, which can go 70 miles an hour. And a very fast marine mammal is the orca, which can go 38 miles an hour. Well, so in that case, in that example, it did have the correct answer, which is the orca mixed in there. But you can see, it's just, you know, it's not quite as good as a person. You need a person to take that, read it, and then give it, give it to you if you want it for the absolute rock-solid truth. And also, sometimes it just gets stuff wrong. Apparently, it was like, you, you, can, get, you can ask it for book recommendations, and it will tell you the name of books that don't exist. Although I guess it could instantly write a book with that title for you if, if you wanted. And there's similar stuff going on with AI art right now, too. I think you can get an app on your phone or there's maybe it's on the internet, something called Dolly, like D-A-L-L-E, I think. And basically you can give it a photograph of yourself and it will return you a painting, whatever, of you. And so, like I say, the chatbot, it's trained on the internet. It's like, you know, but you know, they didn't write, OpenAI did not write the internet. So it's kind of like copyright infringement, basically. But it's just, you know, how can you tell? What, what would you even do? But with the painting ones, you can kind of see that, you can see how it learned how to paint more clearly. And you can see who it's kind of, in a way, ripping off. Actually, now that I think about it, I think Dolly is you tell it what to paint. You say, give me a cow jumping over a moon, eating a hamburger, and it will like draw a painting of that. And then there's these other things that are apps on your smartphone, and I think it costs like $7 for seven paintings of yourself or whatever whatever picture you want to give it. But in any case, all this art AI, it's the same thing, and they train it on art. They train it on images that are on the internet. Like, I don't know if it's... I can't remember the name. There's There's some... I don't know, DeviantArt or Pinterest or Tumblr or whoever. There's websites where artists put a bunch of their art on there. I know I've seen, anyways, I know they do porn on those kind of sites. They do, I guess they do all sorts of art. And so that's what they use to train the AI how to be an artist. And then what ha- what's happening, kind of creating the controversy going on now, is while the AI is learning how to paint by looking at people's paintings, it's also learning signatures so like you know how an artist will sign their painting a little bit like in whatever with paint in the little corner or something so like sometimes these ais will put some artist's signature 
in the picture. And so the controversy is like, hey, you know, this artist spent a bunch of time putting their art on Pinterest or whatever. Uh, maybe you owe them money when you're selling pictures that are have been trained on this artist's style. And so it just it's kind of an open legal question that we don't have the answer to. I mean, the future is AI is going to train on everything on the internet. Sorry, Charlie. You know, if you don't want if you don't want the AI to train on your stuff, don't put it on the internet. And then, of course, everyone's going to say, well, fine, and put their stuff on the Internet. But okay, so I'm going to throw in a clip of the chatbot. I'm talking about it on Slate Money just so you can get some actual verbatim examples of it and how amazing it is. Would you ask it, Do you, why should I save someone's life if we're all going to die anyway? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the answer was amazing, right? Like, read out the answer to that. Um, okay. I missed the one you sent me that is, should I get back together with my boyfriend if I really like his dog and his dog really likes me? What is that? <laughs> well, when I actually read the answer to that one, because that was, again, that was also like a really good answer. It is really good. Okay. So again, Felix asked, Felix asked, should I get back together with my boyfriend if I really like his dog and his dog really likes me? And the answer is, ultimately, the decision to get back together with your boyfriend should be based on your feelings for him rather than his dog's feelings for you. And then it goes on. But I mean, that's pretty good advice, I would say. Yeah, it's like, it's, it, and, but the weird thing is, like, we get surprised if, if the advice is good. So, so yeah, read the one about the dying, because I thought that was just, like, if you gave this question to like an undergrad philosophy student, and they came back with this answer, mm -hmm. you would be like, that's a really good answer. <laughs> okay, so the question is, why should we care about saving lives when everybody's going to die anyway? Which is really dark, and I'm, should, I be, should we be worried about Felix? <laughs> should I read the answer? Okay. Yeah. While it is true that everyone will eventually die... The value of human life lies in the experience of living and in the positive impact that individuals can have on others during their lifetime. Do you want me to go on? That's oh, that's good. very sweet. Yeah, that's nice. No, but then, and then what was, the, what was the, um, the final sentence? While death is inevitable, the value of life lies in the experiences and relationships we have while we are alive. Well, and some more information. Apparently, they trained the chatbot on the Internet but they also do not allow it to connect to the internet. So it doesn't know about like current events. You can't say who's really winning the Ukraine war or something. So basically, they could connect it to the internet, and it could tell you the answer of who's winning the Ukraine war, and who knows what the hell it would say. But oh, And then there was some politics news I may as well just throw in here. So Kirsten Cinema is the senator from Arizona. I have trouble saying it. Everyone says it wrong. I hear Kristen, Kirsten, and Kirsten. I believe it's Kirsten. Her parents really screwed over America when they named her Kirsten, but in a spelled in a funky way. I think there's a Y in there. But anyways, Arizona used to be a Republican state, and then now it's got a couple Democratic senators. She's one of them, but she's kind of a... Whatever. She, she, she goes against her party on cert, certain votes. And so... Just like Joe Manchin, if you heard of him. Anyways, there's like two senators, two Democratic senators, who, even though there's 50, 50 of them and they should be able to do whatever the hell they want, they got two of them that kind of are always monkeys in the wrench. And so she's one of them, and Democrats have been wanting to get rid of her. 
I mean, they want to replace her with a different Democrat. They want to primary her. And so she declared herself independent. So basically, she it doesn't really mean anything as far as like her voting goes. She's going to be just the same Democrat, you know, 90% of the time voting with the Democrats, 10% of the time being a thorn in their side. But it makes it hard for the Democrats to primary her because now if the Democrats put someone up, it's going to be, you know, Republican to be named later, Kirsten Cinema, and then I think they already they already got the Democrat they want to replace her with, so it'd be the Republican, that Democrat they want to replace her with, and her. And in Arizona, that means that half of the left-leaning people would vote for her, and the other half of them would vote for the other Democrat, and that would make the Republican win. So basically, she's she's daring she's daring the Democrat Party to try and primary her, because she's like, okay. You know, either either I either I get to be the person that that runs on the left side, or the right wins. You got two options. Twitter handle at anti woke podcast, and thanks for listening.